There will be some struggles along the way for Von Grissom in 2023, that we all know, but he is still easily, in my opinion, the best choice and the best option at shortstop in 2023. We'll talk about that and also answer several of your mailbag questions on this Mailbag Friday episode of Locked On Braves. So uh, let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOn underscore Brave. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Also, make sure you check out my website, shortstopball.com, where you can see some of my written material as well. Make sure if you're new on YouTube that you hit that subscribe button. If you're watching this video there, do me a favor, hit that thumbs up button to help support the show. As I say, I'm always trying to make this show as interactive as with you the listener and i posted a question on twitter and on youtube on thursday talking about the idea of starting a twitch stream for mlb the show a game that i enjoy playing but another opportunity to to talk with you the listeners and just to talk baseball so let me know if you think that's a good idea in the comment section down below if that's something you would be up for it would not replace anything that we do here this would just be another form for us to get together and talk baseball. But again, as always, appreciate all of the support here and everywhere else. And thank you for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. This is the Mailbag Friday edition of Lockdown Braves. Got several really good questions here that we're going to get to on today's episode. So let's not waste time. Let's jump right into these questions here. And the first one's coming from Tommy Johnson, who says, Do you go through the growing pains with Grissom at short or move on now? I get it if the team is a 80 to 100 loss team. But do what you do. But do you do that when you're a contender? And I got another similar kind of comment to this on Twitter on Thursday as well. So I really wanted to discuss this one at the top. And if you listen to me on here, and I'm going to talk about Von Grissom's defense later in the episode as well, you may think that I'm being overly critical and too hard on Von Grissom, and that's that's fair. I just he's under a microscope right now for better or for worse. He's replacing Dansby Swanson, just like Matt Olson was replacing Freddie Freeman last year. Everybody is looking at Von Grissom right now and what he's going to do, how he's going to fill that shortstop role, a primary position. So it's, I don't want anyone to get the wrong impression that I don't believe in the kid, that I don't think he can get it done, but that's just what my job is as this host of this show is to, Look at him critically and try to give you a unbalanced or unbiased opinion of how he performs. And when we look at, is he the best option for the Braves at shortstop this season? Do you go through the growing pains that he is undoubtedly going to have being a primary shortstop at 22 years old at the major league level? 
there's going to be some growing pains. What are the better options? And I know there's some out there who believe Orlando Arcia could do it and be just fine. I am not one of those. I don't think Orlando Arcia can be an above average hitter. And I think he's at best slightly above average defensively. And I think Grissom can give you better than that. I believe in the bat of Von Grissom, whatever you think about his defense. I believe the bat will play for Von Grissom, especially if you're going to put him at the bottom of the order. I think he's going to get on base at a 330 clip for the top of the order. And I think there's a lot of value in that. I don't think Orlando Arcia can give you that. If you just wanted to put somebody out there who's going to be solid defensively, then put Braden Shoemake out there. And if things are just going terribly with Von Grissom defensively to the point where he's costing you games, then maybe you do that and you just run Shoemake out there, have a solid defensive player there, and somebody who's going to bat nine in your order that's really not going to kill you because there's so many great bats up and down the lineup. But for me, if Von Grissom can just make the routine plays, which he's done in spring training, he's made the one error, we talked about that the other day. I'm not going to go over it again. But for the most part, he's making the routine plays. And if he can just do that, again, like I said, I believe in the bat. And I think he's capable of hitting 270 with a 330 on base and mid-teens homers and mid-teens, maybe even over 20s stolen bases. That's going to be really solid production out of the nine hole if he can just make the routine plays defensively. And I'll just go ahead and talk about it now. There's two plays, and I'm listening on radio today, so I didn't see these, but back-to-back plays in the game on Thursday that were difficult plays, and he didn't make either one of them. But the, they were both ruled hits. They were not errors. But you don't. he doesn't need to make those plays. He just needs to make the routine plays. Would it be great if he were able to make a couple of those? Sure. And again, I'm listening on radio. I'm watching these. I don't even know if it was possible for him to make some of these plays. But as long as he just makes the routine plays and he hits like he's capable of, I still believe he's the best option. And I think it's worth grow- going through whatever growing pains there may be for Von Grissom this upcoming season. The next question here is from Bellfire, who says, if Kyle Wright comes out this season similar to last year, do you think a long-term deal could be in play? If so, what money range do you think that could fall in? Um, good question here from Bellfire, and you know I've talked about the fact that I think Cal Wright could potentially regress a little bit with the the rule changes and how much of a ground ball pitcher that he is. But I have also said I think he's at least a mid rotation type of starter, and if he comes out and shows that again this upcoming season, I think there is a possibility for an extension there. He has four years left, including 2023 next year. Going into next year, he'll be an arbitration-eligible player, so we'll get a big boost in salary. So that's typically a good time to talk about extensions. He'll play this year at age 27. So that means after he's done with his arbitration years for the Braves, he'll be 31. So he might think that's his only chance to really get a big deal in free agency, and he may want to take that opportunity. Look, anytime you're talking about these extensions, there have to has to be two willing parties the they're giving up on these extensions they're giving up an opportunity of hitting free agency and it exploding like it did last year on the shortstop market but if he's willing and Cal Wright wants to be here I think there's the opportunity to get something done if he follows up 2022 with another good season 
I think five years, 61 million, I think makes sense for the Braves, certainly. And I think that could make sense for Kyle Wright as well. You're talking about five million in 2024, eight million in 2025, 12 million in 2026, which buys out his arbitration years, and then a couple of years at 18 million. Maybe you give him a team option year as a sixth year with a $5 million buyout to give him a little bit more money to boost it up to 66 million guaranteed. I think that's that could be a deal that works and makes sense, but we got to see Kyle Wright do it again. I would need to see Kyle Wright do it again before I'd be willing to make that move. And we haven't seen Alex Anthopoulos do that, extend a lot of starting pitchers except for Spencer Strider. And your you know, Strider was early on, and you know, you're really just buying out the pre-arb and arbitration years with Spencer Strider. So we'll see for sure. But I think that's a good call. I think he could be an extension candidate if he has another. A good year. Joey Milby says, you can take any former Brave and add them to this team. Who are you taking? I'm going back and forth between adding Maddox to the rotation or Hank Aaron out in left field. Um, another another great question here um, and, and a fun one to discuss for sure. I want to know your thoughts in the comment section who you would take from one former Brave. I would probably take Hank Aaron just because I didn't get to watch him play. It would feel a big hole in left field and who doesn't want to watch one of the greatest players of all time. So I certainly, you know, would put, put pick Hank Aaron and be okay with that. If I had to pick an, uh, another one, I might go with this guy over here and that's Raphael for call. Um, but just because I did love his defense, that strong arm and prime Raphael for call was really good at the plate as well. Um, you know, maybe, Angelton Simmons, just because he's my favorite player of all time. But uh, I would love to see that again at shortstop. Maybe we eventually get that from Von Grissom. I have to keep reminding people he's only 22 years old. I see Georgia Bulldog Will saying he'd take Hank Aaron um, or, or and Chipper Jones. I don't know that we got to pick two there, but those would certainly be two good ones. You could stick Chipper Jones, um, you know, in left field, too, if you wanted to. Um, I don't know that he could play shortstop after the ACL injury. Austin Reed says Hank 100% top three player of all time or Andrew Jones. Uh, we may have a, a second coming of Andrew Jones here already, uh, but those are certainly some great picks. But I think the answer here is definitely Hank Aaron. Next question here comes from Matt on Twitter, uh, Karch829 on Twitter. He says, I think more concern for the fifth spot is needed. I know you talk about the depth we have for that spot, but if none of them are performing, I'm not sure – that so-called depth is a strength. So I've had a couple of people come at me in my in the mentions about this as well, that they think starting pitching is a weakness. Um, again, I, I disagree. Now, when you're, you're talking about depth and you're talking about Allard, who's injured, we'll talk about that later. You're talking about Bryce Elder. You're talking about Dylan Dodd, Jared Schuster. These are back of the rotation guys. They're not guys I would want going into a postseason series, but they are guys if you need somebody to make a spot start or make you know three, four, five spot starts during a season, I would feel comfortable with that. And that's what depth is. And I think it's quality depth. Again, they're not guys that I think you can win a World Series with, but over the course of 162, you need those guys to get through a season. And so that's where we talk about the quality starting pitching depth that the Braves have. 
And look, yeah, we're hoping Ian Anderson bounces back. We're hoping Michael Soroka stays healthy. And if those things happen, then I think this is maybe one of the best rotations in all of baseball. So I certainly think it's a great starting rotation. I think the depth is great, and it's going to give the the Braves the ability to to maybe skip some guys and hopefully keep them fresh for the postseason. So I disagree. I understand if if you don't agree and you think starting pitching is a depth or is an is an issue. Starting pitching depth is an issue, but I certainly it's not certainly not one of my worries going into the season. All right, next we got some other great questions to get to, including what one rule change would you make if you were the commissioner of Major League Baseball. We'll talk about that next. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holiday seasons not too long ago, and I know one of my goals this year, as it is every year, is to eat healthier, and Built Bar has helped me do that. They have great tasting flavors out there. Some of my favorites, the cookies and cream, the peanut butter brownie. They got some coconut flavors out there for those who love coconut not me but if you do they have those out there as well and what's so great about built bars first of all they're covered in 100 real chocolate so what's not to like but it's also it's like eating a candy bar but they're great for you 130 calories only four grams of sugar and 17 grams of protein and we've been telling you for a while how you can go to built.com and order yourself a box which you can still do but now, if you need them in a hurry, run out to Walmart, get yourself a four-bar box. You need more than that, get us several four-bar boxes, or you can go to Sam's Club and get yourself a 13-bar box. However, you get your built bars, make sure you go out and get yourself a box today. This past week on the podcast, we talked about the biggest strengths and weaknesses of the Braves heading into 2023, and we also gave our biggest keys to winning a World Series this upcoming season. Next week, we'll begin our season preview, previewing the NL East and also previewing the offense and pitching for the Atlanta Braves. So if you still think the Braves' pitching is pitching depth is a weakness, we'll discuss it again next week. So make sure you come back ready to go with those comments next week. But let's get back into the questions for this Mailbag Friday podcast. And the next two come from Blake Newsom. First one says, hypothetical here, do you think guys such as Austin Riley, Max Freed, maybe even Dansby and others could have been a fit on Team USA? I certainly think so. I think those guys are are worthy. I mean, anybody who's an all-star level player, I think is worthy to be in the World Baseball Classic. But do do play it's all it's all up to the players we don't know who all got asked but some of these players just don't want anything to do with it and that's okay um you know especially i think american fans and american players don't quite care in, as much about it and get as invested in it i enjoy it i've been staying up way too late and waking up way too early to watch these games i enjoy it because of the passion that other countries have for the game so it all comes down to the player individually and if it's something that they want to do. But I certainly think Riley, Freed, um, you know, even Matt Olson, I, I think, you know, is worthy of being considered to be part of the World Baseball Classic. I hope next time around, I think maybe we see Spencer Strider be part of it. But especially pitchers, I think it's hard to get them on board with the World Baseball Classic as they're trying to gear up for a regular season. But there's no doubt, again, anybody who's an all-star level talent like Riley and Freed are, 
I think they're worthy of being considered for the World Baseball Classic roster. Uh, the other question from Blake Newsom says, what's your favorite budget parking lot at Truist? Because they're expensive. So I don't have a great tips on this one. If you do, make sure you put those down in the comment section below on YouTube. But when I go to games, because I'm traveling from over from Birmingham, I usually stay. So I park at the hotel uh, that we're staying at and just walk to the stadium and have the luxury of doing that. When I have had to pay for parking, my favorite one is the one right across the interstate over in the Galleria area. There's a good parking lot over there. I don't remember how much it is. I do know it's pretty expensive, but um, I like to go to that one. And then you can just walk over the bridge straight into the battery and into the stadium. So whenever I'm not staying at a hotel and I, I do have to use one of their parking lots, that one is my favorite to use but if you have some other recommendations please put those down in the comment section um next question comes from large lar who says kind of a weird question the braves new spring training site at northport looks super nice just wondering what happened to the old place at disney great show love listening every day i appreciate that large lar um the old spring training facility is still there. It's the ESPN Worldwide Complex, whatever. It's used for a lot of other sporting events, um, but the Braves were essentially using it. It's owned by you know the Disney Complex and all that, uh, and the Braves were simply just being hosted there and using it. So this, they now have their own site, their own stadium that they control, but it's still being used. It's just used for other events. E. Goldie says, beyond eliminating blackout rules, what is one change you would like to make to grow the game if you were commissioner for a day? So a great question, uh, as all of these are. I, you know, the blackout is by far the, the number one thing for me in terms of growing the game. That I think has to happen. And if anything comes good, anything good comes out of the bankruptcy filed by Diamond Sports, who owns Bally, is hopefully we're getting closer to blackouts going away but i think that is definitely one of the biggest things i know a lot of you are going to disagree with me but i think the pitch clock is going to be something that is going to help grow the game when i sit down with my four-year-old who can't sit down and focus for more than two seconds and i try to watch a baseball game with him and there's no action for five minutes he's not paying attention to that so i think that's going to help Younger fans, it's not going to mean anything for us who already love baseball and are going to watch it anyway. But I do think that helps kind of tailor the younger audience who doesn't have a great attention span and isn't going to sit there for five minutes and watch foul balls and watch players walk around the batter's box. They want to see action. They want to see the ball put in play. So I think that's going to help. I can't really think of anything outside of that to help grow the game. Again, it's hard for me because I love the game. I'm going to watch it regardless so for me there's not really anything that you have to do as far as rule changes on the field uh i think the idea of an a, a limited automated strike zone where you get to challenge three calls a game i think that needs to come in next year I, i'm tired of seeing these calls in big situations that are you know missed pretty badly and it affects the outcome of the game. I mean, you go, you, look, you follow umpire scorecard on Twitter. You can see it almost every night. There's a call that changes, you know, the outcome of a game, or maybe not the outcome, but it changes a, a run, uh, takes a run off the board for a team, or puts the run on a board for an, for another team. So I would like to see that for fan experience. I got to see these ticket prices come down. It is unreal. I mean, I've paid 
nearly $200 for opening day tickets for just me and my wife, where not long ago, we could go and get pretty decent seats for less than $100. I'm glad that the Braves are making a ton of money and that people are paying these prices and willing to pay these prices to go to games, but it is making it really hard for the average fan to go to baseball games now because of the price of tickets and everything else that involves going to a baseball game. So you want to grow the baseball game, make it affordable for fans, for families. I mean, uh, I can't even, I I could, but I'm not going to take my four-year-old and my two-year-old and pay another hundred dollars or more to take them to a game. Uh, It's just, it makes it a lot harder for especially people with families to go to a ball game because it gets very expensive when you're taking a family of five and it's going to cost you $400 just to get into the gate at level 300. (laughs) That's, that's not great for your game and expanding your game. So that's something that I think uh, should change to help grow the game for sure. Um, All right. Last question here. This one from Robert uh, Mulis on Twitter. He says, sorry for the length. I hope you find this interesting. And I do. This is why I included it. But he said, I have two offers for you and you must choose one. Money is no object. Each offer includes two premium tickets with food, drinks, with food and drinks. Number one is Brave season tickets behind home plate, including playoffs. But your fiance says your honeymoon to Bali will be the last two weeks of October. So no World Series. Or number two, all of this NCA Final Four, Masters, four days, college baseball World Series, your NFL team, one playoff game each, BCS championship game, and Super Bowl, including NFL pregame party. So, very interesting question here. Um, and a tough one to answer. I don't care about Masters, I really don't care that much about NFL. Uh, I would love to go to a college. I've been to the college baseball world series. I would love to go back, but then to have season tickets all year and not go to the world series, assuming your team makes it that, that would be really tough, but I would still take, I would still take the season tickets for the Braves behind home plate. Although for me, I live in Birmingham, so that doesn't really work out. Uh, I'd have to live in Atlanta for that, but to go to the baseball game, to go out to the baseball park 80 times a year more with you know the first couple rounds of the playoffs at least that you give me, I think is far more valuable than all that other stuff that you mentioned. But I am just primarily a baseball fan. I do like and enjoy other sports, but it's nothing compared to the way that I love baseball. So that would be the pick for me. But let me know what you would do in the comment section. I think it's a very fun question there from Robert. So I appreciate that. I appreciate all the questions that you sent me. All right, next, I want to get to some of Thursday's notes, including Spencer Strider and just how nasty that he is with two pitches primarily, although he did throw a third one on Thursday that was pretty devastating as well. We'll discuss that next. We're less than 20 games left in the NBA season, so now's the perfect time to download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook. Because customers right now get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. You can get in on some MLB action to start the season, win totals, uh, player props, all of that. 
Go to FanDuel.com. They also let you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get on on their no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. As always, I appreciate your support of the show. Again, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. We're trying to push for 5,000 by opening day. We're at about 4,400 right now, so not too far away. But if 600 of you go tell your friend to subscribe, we'll be there. So I appreciate all the support if you could do that. And again, also let me know your thoughts on me doing a Twitch stream playing MLB The Show, another opportunity for us to talk baseball together if that's something that you would be interested in. All right, getting into Thursday's game notes split squad. On Thursday, you had the B squad going up against the Toronto Blue Jays, which was on TV. And then you had the A team going up against Puerto Rico and dominating Puerto Rico. As much as the Dominican Republic dominated the Braves on Wednesday, the Braves took it to Puerto Rico on Thursday. But for me, it was Spencer Strider uh, that, you know, it was the game that I got to watch because it was on TV. So that heavily influences what I want to talk about here. But I just think he's filthy. And I don't understand people who think he's going to regress this upcoming season. Now, look, perhaps he regresses from being a, a superstar level ace and on a historic pace as he was last year to just being a regular ace. But I just I can't see this guy regressing a ton. I just think this stuff is too good. And you look at the sliders that he was throwing on Thursday and batters, good batters. There were good hitters in that Blue Jays lineup, George Springer, Matt Chapman, and others. They're flailing at this slider. It is such a good slider that they just can't lay off of it when you tunnel it with a 96, 97, upper 90s fastball. And I just think he's going to be great i think he's going to be really good again i have no worries about spencer strider there's a great article by eno saris in the athletic if you're subscribed please do yourselves a favor go read this article it's titled can a starting pitcher dominate with two pitches and that's exactly what spencer strider did last year with his fastball slider combination that he threw over 90 percent of the time and he talks about just how rare it is for pitchers to throw two pitches that much and be able to have as much success as he did. And can he keep that up? And he talks to Spencer Strider. And I'm going to read you a couple of quotes here because I just love the mind of Spencer Strider. And it's another reason why I just, I think he's going to be so good because he gets it and he knows what he needs to do to succeed. But one quote says, this is from Strider. I don't want to throw up. This is talking about the idea of throwing a, a third pitch. He says, I don't want to throw a pitch that doesn't have the prospect of getting an out. He says, worse pitches are contacted more, put into play more. You have worse command of them like I do with my changeup. And so you're falling behind and relying on pitches that are going to be fouled off rather than swung and missed at in two strikes counts. So what's the point of it then? And I've never thought of it that way because it's somewhat hypocritical to say Ian Anderson needs that third pitch. He needs that third pitch. But if you have two pitches, that are as elite as Spencer Strider's fastball and slider are, and that's the key, these are elite pitches, then why would you even toy with throwing another one? Until hitters can show you that they can hit your fastball, that they can spit on that slider, why would you throw anything else that has the potential of being a bad pitch that can get hit? 
And so I just think that's, you know, a great point from Strider, but you can't do it unless you have two elite pitches and Spencer Strider does further on in the article. Strider says uh, you throw one fastball down. All of a sudden the batter has to think about that. Even if they are sitting on the fastball up still, their brain cannot process 98 miles per hour with 20 vertical inches of movement and still be on time every time and get the barrel to the ball, especially anyone that has a launch angle swing. He says, I can tell what a hitter is trying to do, especially with a good catcher. When Darno is catching, he knows what they are doing. As soon as the guy swings, he tells me what he's trying to do. Once that happens, I have another pitch. So again, I just love the mind of Spencer Strider and how he's logically thinking through these at-bats and knowing what he needs to do to get these hitters out and just simplifying it. And then the last one here, and again, please go read this article if you have a subscription to The Athletic. He says, that's why I have this slider. I built it so that I could throw it and it would look like a fastball. Even if they noticed it, they couldn't get under it and drive it. If the plan is to wait me out, I can throw fastballs, make them swing. If the plan is to jump me and be aggressive, I can throw sliders. You can't cover it all. Again, you can't do this without two elite pitches, and he has them. And part of the argument in the the article is if you have two really good pitches and you just focus to make those the best that they can be instead of worrying about having to develop a changeup, worrying about having to develop a curveball, if you just focus on the two pitches you're really good at, is that enough? And for Spencer Strider, it is. And he he will have to eventually start to incorporate more pitches as the velo comes down and maybe hitters do start to figure out his tendencies a little bit more. I think he will have to eventually develop a, another pitch. And he's even talking about the fact he's trying to develop a changeup, a curveball, and a cutter to throw those in there. And I saw him throw a really a couple of really good changeups on Thursday. But I just I thought it was a great article. I love hearing Spencer Strider's thoughts and how he talks about himself and his strategy and what he's trying to do. Um, also from Thursday, didn't get to see this, was listening listening on radio while watching the other game on TV, so things got a little mixed up here and there. But Max Freed, four innings, five strikeouts, only two hits allowed. Both of them were infield hits, and that kind of leads to what I wanted to talk about. And a couple of tough plays for Von Grissom. They were back-to-back plays. I'm being overly critical of him. I realized that the first was a hard hit ball in the hole going to his right. He was able to backhand it, but bobbled it on the exchange. Didn't make a throw. According to the guys on radio, don't know that he gets the runner anyway. The second one was a slow roller that Austin Riley couldn't get to. Vaughn did get to this one, made a throw, but it wasn't in time. Both of these were ruled hits. These were not errors. Again, Make the routine plan, make the routine plays. That's all I need him to do. But I'm being overly critical of Grissom this spring training on defense. So I want to point those things out. I thought it was curious. Kevin Pilar started with the main squad. I think he's looking likely to be on the opening day roster with his veteran leadership. If he just shows that he can be capable and serviceable in spring training, I think he has a good shot of being on the roster. Now, him being on the on the, the the lineup with the main squad could be nothing more than just he's a veteran. And so they gave him that special treatment in a split squad game. But I do think Pilar is in a good spot to make the opening day roster. The main squad raked on Thursday. I talked about them beating up on Puerto Rico. Ozzy Murphy and Michael Harris all had two hits. Olsen had a hit and a walk. Riley Pilar and Grissom 
all had hits. Ozuna walked. He was the only starter that didn't have a hit. And Braden Shoemake had three hits. Now, if Braden Shoemake continues to impress with the bat, and I don't think he can do enough in spring training to really prove that, hey, the bat is there. I think we need to see him do that for a couple of months in AAA. But if he can do that with that defense, then maybe we have a serious discussion about who's the better fit at shortstop. But for now, it's Von Grissom. I'm sticking with that. And then as far as some news from Thursday, I briefly mentioned earlier, Colby Allard has a grade two oblique strain. He will start the year on the IL. So you're already seeing some of that pitching depth start to go away, but not somebody the Braves were going to need to start the year. Hopefully he can get back healthy and maybe the Braves do need him in a couple of months from now if some of the other guys in the rotation get injured or need a break here or there. But certainly hate that for Colby Allard, who would look pretty solid early on in spring training and was looking like good depth in the starting rotation. All right, I've gone on for a while here, but I did want to try to get to some comments for those who are hanging around alive here in the chat section. Joe Mixon says Grissom's, I think he's going to exceed all expectations. I certainly hope so. Marianne says she thinks that the Rays are getting ready in spring training and won't be nervous and they'll come out firing and the pitchers and all the players will be ready to go. Go Braves. Uh, go Braves from Georgia Bulldog Will. Joe Me says at the plate, it's going to be a process defensively. Talking about Grissom, I think he gets better month to month and ends up solid at shortstop. I could see him putting up numbers comparable to our shortstop last year at the plate. I mean, Dansby was a six-war player last year. A lot of that came from defense, but I could see Von Grissom being a better hitter than Dansby Swanson, especially at the stage of his career that he's in. I, I think there's Without a doubt, he could be a better hitter than Swanson was early on in his career. Uh, hey, Chris, I appreciate you joining the chat. Uh, William Fulgham says, Grissom is our shortstop for the next five years. I hope so. Again, anybody who listens to me, uh, I don't want you to think I'm down on Vaughn Grissom. I hope he is the shortstop of the future. We got to see it. And, and, you know, we've seen very little in spring training so far just because of the lack of, of visual coverage on TV. But I got to see it. Yeah, Blake, I got a, I got a haircut. Hope you enjoy that. It was starting to get a little annoying, so we had to go out and get a get a fresh cut. Um, Joe Mixon says the Dodgers would kill to have a shortstop like Grissom right now. Yeah, I don't think we've talked about it on here. Unfortunate injury for Gavin Lux. Really hate that for that guy. You saw what it did to Acuna and just how devastated he was, and you see it again with Gavin Lux. You just A guy was finally going to get his shot and then gets injured. You really hate to see that. Georgia Bulldog Will says he thinks Grissom's ready to go. AG7, Grissom's plus bad and average um, defense, developing defense is still the best option. I agree. RC and Shoemake are solid defenders, but their offense just isn't enough. I agree 100% with what you're saying there, AG. Um, Travis Gassaway says, although Braves are asking a lot, I think Grissom will have a special season, be average defensively, but be better than seven offensively. And I think that's certainly a possibility. I think he can be average defensively, and I think he can be above average offensively. Like I said, if he can hit 270 with a 330 on base, 15 to 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases, I will take that all day long. We're talking about a two to three war player. Um, One Iron X Long says, hey, Jake, hope you're doing well. Out of the Braves that need to have a good bounce back season, Ozuna, Rosario, Soroka, who is the more, most important piece that the Braves need contribution from? That's a great question. I want to say Ozuna just because they're paying him so much. They want to get something 
out of him. And I think the rotation could be fine, even without Soroka coming back. Kind of like last year. I'm not expecting anything from Soroka, but if he comes back and is Soroka, I just think that's icing on the cake. So for me, it's either Ozuna and Rosario. And I'm going to say Ozuna just because they're paying him so much. If he can have a bounce back type season at the plate, if he can hit over 250 and hit 25 to 30 home runs and be around an 800 OPS player again, that would be fantastic for the Braves. Uh, Austin Reed made another one. Let's go. Thanks so much for joining Austin. Appreciate you sticking around. Um, couple of, of more here. I apologize. I know we're going a little long tonight, but I'm trying to make sure to get to all the comments that I can. Georgia Bulldog Wild says, Chipper's my favorite player of childhood, and Hank is the best player in Atlanta Braves history. Talking about which Braves player from history would you want on the team now? Austin Reed says, if we're close to the trade deadline, I could see uh, I could see one more move for an arm. A will definitely do what he needs, what needs to be done. And he probably wouldn't even go for a five. He may look for a three or a four. He's a magician. I certainly trust in Alex Anthopoulos at the trade deadline, even though one of the weaknesses for the Braves we talked about is just their lack of trade capital. And I'm going to do a podcast here in a couple of weeks of potential trade candidates for the Braves this upcoming season. So be on the lookout for that. Joe Mees says there is a reason why teams keep trading all-stars for our pitching prospects who are outside of the top 100. We develop pitching. Look at any other teams, one through 10 starters. We are even or better. I can't agree with you more. Look, you can't pull off a trade for Matt Olson. You can't pull off a trade with Sean Murphy without having some type of talent in your system that teams covet. And the Braves have done a great job stockpiling starting pitching prospects and doing a great job developing them. And, you know, that's always going to be valuable in trades. And the Braves have done a great job of that. Doc's card says, if I was the commish, I would I'd do a home run derby style faceoff for games that go beyond 13 innings. Three best hitters get 10 pitches, most dingers. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. Uh, I don't necessarily agree that that's the best way to, desi- to decide a major league baseball game that has a lot riding on it. But that would be a ton of fun. Um, Georgia Bulldog Will says one rule I would make in MLB would be that I create a salary cap. Some baseball players are getting paid ridiculously high amounts of money like Manny Machado and Aaron Judge. I more so want a salary floor. I want these teams that aren't spending money and these owners that aren't spending money. I want them to spend money. But I do think, you know, probably with what Steve Cohen's doing, maybe we get to some sort of a hard cap, but the players have said they will never go for any type of salary cap. That is way too much leverage that the players have. They're never going to go against that. Austin Reed, they're way uh, worthy, but most low-key guys don't really mind the spotlight as a Braves fan. It's refreshing not seeing the diva side old school um, and we'll give Ronald a pass. I'm not sure what that was in reference to, so I apologize. I didn't read that one ahead of time, uh, but appreciate the comment, Austin. Um, Austin Reed says, free tickets every Monday. I get that comment. I know what you're talking about there uh, and would love to see that for sure. Uh, Nicholas Mayer says, pitch clock is growing on me, honestly. I think I'm going to do a full article over on shortstopball.com just giving my thoughts on the pitch clock and why I think it's it's a necessary evil. Look, I wish beyond anything that we did not have to implement any type of clock into a game that should never be dictated by time. But the players have forced this upon us. They have forced it upon Major League Baseball because they have 
abused the rules and they've abused this ability to stall and, and take forever. And so it's gotten to a point where enough is enough. And, you know, we, it's just not a good product, in my opinion, to see players walking around the mound, you know, walking around the batter's box. I want to see action. I want to see a good game and, you know, just taking forever. Again, we're talking time of time between action is just had become way too long. So the players forced it upon us to have to do something, but I wish they didn't have to. I don't love having a clock in the game of baseball. And maybe one day the players start to get it in their heads and realize it, that you can play the game this way, just like they had for a hundred years. Then maybe that pitch clock can go away. All right. I think I'm gonna have to cut it right there. I apologize for any comments that I wasn't able to get to. I didn't get to your comment or question. Please put it in the comment section on YouTube, and I try to get to all of those there. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. Again, we'll be back next week previewing the Atlanta Braves, previewing the NLEs for the upcoming season as we get ready for opening day. Not too far away now. Again, thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. Now go make your second list the Lockdown MLB podcast where MLB expert Paul Francis Solden brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team talking about the biggest stories from around the league. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstopball. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, trying to get to 5,000 followers, and make sure that you subscribe and rate review if you're going to give a good one please uh the, to the lockdown braves podcast wherever you get your podcast and we will talk to you next time hey this is stacy gotsoulias dc lundberg ryan finkelstein taylor blake ward host of locked on yankees locked on mariners locked on mets locked on angels and you're listening to locked on braves locked on braves locked on braves part of the locked on podcast network 